in the basketball culture, everyone has that one person they could call on to get a bucket, no matter where you're at. And by buckets, I mean score points. And for us on Hidden Gems, what if I told you there is a person that can get a bucket in any country? As a matter of fact, he has career highs of 41 points in the NBA, 72 points in China, 40 points in the G League, and 30 points in college. That person is none other than Jordan Crawford. Thanks for being on the Hidden Gems Basketball Podcast, show that gives you a gem to bring home after every episode. Man, I appreciate you having me, man. I've been following for a minute now, so appreciate it. Yes, sir. Ray's been pushing for this episode. We got a Michigan connection <laughs> in here, dog, for real. Like, he's been pushing for this one. So, you know, I'm glad that we got two Michigan legends, you know, in the building, you know, and uh, Ray, go ahead. Yeah, nah, man. I've been uh, I've been telling Jordan for the longest we got to get the real Jordan Crawford on here. And uh, <laughs> so excited to have him have you on here. Uh, for me, bro, your name has been buzzing in my household since, honestly, I was like 15, 16 years old. Um, my pops is coaching at Indiana IU, um, mm -hmm. and uh, you was one of the you know top recruits that they were trying to bring in. And um, you know, a lot of people don't know that your senior year in high school, you had got hurt, yeah. ankle injury. Um, so I think you missed most of your senior year, and then you go to Hargrave Military Academy, um, which mm -hmm. for the people who don't know, it's a lot of a lot of guys that came out of Hargrave and. And back then it was it was really popping too. Um well, who, who came out of Hardgrave though? Uh that, I mean that I can think of right now in the league, like you got Terry Rozier, Montrez Harold, Mo Spates mm. went there. Um JC could probably fill in a, a lot more guys that, that some of the yeah, guys. You had uh, I know Lorenzo Brown went there. Yep. You had uh it was a few guys that definitely did big time in college, touched the league for a minute, but at that time everybody was just, you know. Hargrave was bubbling for sure as far as just talent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. So, it, so, so, you know, what made you go to, to Hargrave? Like, how did the, the high school journey start for you? Because you graduated in this 07 class, and me and Ray talk about this. This class is probably the best class I've ever seen. You had you, Eric Gordon, Derek Rose, James Harden, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, just a few names. I can go on forever mm -hmm. with the amount of NBA players that it came out from that time. So, how did your yeah. high school journey start? Well, I was originally 06. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I didn't play in high school. I was in Ellsbury a year. You know, I played <laughs> I played 12 games in four years of high school. And it was the second half of my 11th grade year. And then I was going to play my senior year, but got hurt the first game. But, like, all the I was in Ellsbury a year. I just couldn't get a 2.0. <laughs> but, uh I was, my brother was the 04 class, and he was top five in the country with, you know, with Sean Livingston, Dwight Howard, all them. So yeah. I, I I seen what was going on. So I knew, like, even though I wasn't playing high school, I knew if I just get on the floor in AAU and get in front of a couple colleges and then go to summer school, get my grades right, I knew I could just, you know, I just need to get on the team and be seen on TV, honestly. That was my whole thought when I was being ineligible. Mm -hmm. So in high school, I didn't play. I just played for the family in the summer and and took that route. So I had to go to hard grade, you know, to fix my grades, fix ACT scores. And then not knowing when I got to hard grade, every day at practice, there's 20, 25 coaches there from all over the country just watching this hoop. I'm from Virginia Tech, Ohio State, all these people. So it was, it was crazy. So were you under, under the radar then when you went into Hargrave or people knew that you were a bucket? 
Oh, no, I was definitely under the radar. I mean, I didn't play enough for people to know me. Yeah. Only yeah, only reason why people think my high school career, I was like a top rank is because of that bronze stuff happened in college. So you just automatically thought I had a high school career. But high school, I didn't play, didn't go no Nike camps, no ABCD camp, no nothing. I played and I came off the bench for the family, for the AU team. So it was like I was low key. I just was seeing everything. I was close to everything. So I knew what I needed to do when it was time given the opportunity. Yeah. But, yeah. but on that family, was was Kalen on the team? Yeah, when I reclassified yeah, and played that extra year, it was Kalen, yeah. Manny, yeah. Darrell Summers, uh, Paul Williams. And then I was yeah. coming off the bench because the coach didn't want me to like, you know, it was really that year. So he was like, you're going to play, but, you know, these guys, we trying to get these guys, McDonald's All-America, all that. And then after like a tournament, you know, Manny Harris went up to coach and was like, no, nah, we're just going to start all five guards. And that's when I started starting for that team. But, yeah, it was, it's been under the radar, really. It was under the radar the whole time until that Brown stuff happened. And that's when people just thought I've been, you know, on the radar type thing. It, yeah. so, and so with that, which is crazy because uh, I remember my pops, you know, going down to Hargrave and all the coaches that was talking about J.C., yeah. And I remember him being like, hey, like, he's he's a pro. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like they, they knew it, but it's crazy that you weren't even, like, highly ranked yeah. and all that. So then, okay, so now you go to Hartgrave, you do your thing. Now what happens with Izzo? Was Beeline at Michigan at the time? Uh, no, I think it, it might have still been Amaker. Beeline yeah. probably was just getting there. Okay. So yeah. now you you an in-state kid, so they probably like, yo, who is this? Like, why we ain't we yeah. in the picture ever? Or Michigan State came up to me before I went to our grade, but they seen my grades and it was like, oh, we can't do nothing right. with them. But I get, but by the time I got to Hargrave, I think you know they felt it was too late because I was really gonna go to Xavier was on me in the tenth grade when I never played. So I was gonna go to Xavier. It was just Indiana did such a good job, like with with your dad and uh, Myers. Yeah, yeah. They just knew because you know Kelvin Sampson couldn't even travel. He was still in trouble from that Oklahoma right. stuff. Yeah. So they just would come watch me play, and they just knew basketball so well that they was like, "Nah, we gotta have him." And yeah. I could feel that. Like I could feel that they really knew what they was watching. So that made me switch up and be like, man, I'm gonna have to go to IU instead of Xavier. And that's how that happened. It was just like, they used to come down, see me play. And they used to be on me like, man, nah, we, we gotta get him. And then when I went to visit IU, you know how Kelvin Sampson is. He's such a real dude laid back. He was just like, hey man, you gonna come here? Like, we gonna find minutes for you. Cause they had Eric Gordon. Then they had the player of the year, Jamarcus Ellis from Juco. Yeah, the runner up from player of the year, Juco Thomas. Then they had Armand Bassett, and he was like, I'm still gonna find minutes for you. And I was like, I'm going, and that's how that happened. Yeah, yeah. I, I gotta ask you about that because you know, in this new era, people don't want to go to a spot where there's another lead guard there with them, you know. And yeah. for you to go there, like, what 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 made that decision for you to, to end up going there besides the grade situation? Well, what's a hard grade? I'm not not to, oh, to Indiana, uh, like you know, with, yeah. with Eric Gordon being there, you know, what made yeah. you still make that decision to go there? See, yeah, yeah, that's a good question. See, and that's the thing where my brother came into play. 
because when my, my brother was top five in the country, so I'm watching these college coaches come into our home and some of them tell the truth, some of them lie. So I'm two years behind him. So I'm young enough to like, okay, I know what's going to happen in two years, but I'm old enough to realize what's going on. So once I seen, you know, they kind of lie to my brother in certain situations, what I started looking for was a coach that was just going to straight tell me the truth and say, I'm going to play. So even though, you know, I did question it like, damn, it's a lot of players here. You know what I'm saying? But when I could tell, like, how Calvin Sampson was like, man, you're going to play. If you do what you need to do, you're going to play. And that uh, that's how a lot of people should pick their decision on if you're going to play. Because if you know you're good enough, then when the TV on you, you know, when the camera's on you, then if you show up, you're going to get your opportunity. And that was my mindset. It was like, damn, this IU, they big time. They always on TV. He's saying I'm going to play. I just got to be ready to kill. And that was how I picked it. Yeah. Which is which is what you kind of don't see now. I see a lot of times with these kids nowadays, it's like the best kids in the state, they want to stay home, go to the, you know, the big school at home. The AAU coaches are pressuring them and they want to go somewhere they can start as a freshman. Your path yeah. is kind of totally different. You know what I mean? So you kind of trusted your work and then you was going off the, you know, the word off the coach. But kind of say like – when you seen Joe getting recruited and you talking about yourself too, like yeah. these coaches lie, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, why do you think it is and you know, these kids, they even know, like you knew that these coaches are lying, right? But you still see some of these kids choose to go to these schools. Why do you think that is? Because they kind of already got their mind made up. It's kind of when you're young, it's hard for people to tell you stuff. You're gonna listen to what you want to do already. So, and it, everybody made that mistake when you 17, 18. You're going to be like, man, look, my situation ain't going to be like yours. You know what I'm saying? So that's what a lot of kids mess up with. And that's kind of how it happened. But you you kind of – now it's even simpler, honestly, if you – if when you're making that decision. If you're good enough and you know you're good enough, you can go almost anywhere. Back then, you still had to be like, man, I got to go somewhere where some people are going to see me. But now you can be seen from anywhere. So it's like, I don't think they trust their talent enough and understand like, and you got to deal with adversity regard, adversity regardless of where you go. People trying to take the smooth way out where it ain't going to be no confrontation. It's like adversity make you a better player. And that's where kids is kind of like, you know, they messing up at. Mm. Where, so, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go, go ahead, Jay. Uh, I mean, I'll just get into the nickname because the nickname Sizzle. I've never heard a nickname like that other than Hot Sauce from <laughs> An One. So I, I need to go back. Where did the nickname come from? One. <laughs> and then two, like for a lot of young kids, seeing, you know, just listening to this and hearing your journey, how how did you start, you know, making a name for yourself early on, like in your early years? Were you just getting buckets? Cause it's just crazy to me that's stick one thing that's sticking uh that's sticking out to me is that you didn't play in high school really like that. And then the fact that you're still making a name and still doing that, like how did you do it is the question. It was definitely showing up in all the summer leagues in Detroit and, you know, killing and always, you know, having a chip on my shoulder. That was something I still carry today. Uh, so, so that's 
you know, that's kind of the mind frame I always went in as far as just playing in high school. You know, and I kind of, you know, people, you know, my brother so McDonald's All-Americans, you know, highly touted. They like he got a little brother. So that was a little buzz. And then once, you know, got a little stronger, got a little taller, people could start seeing it. And then from there, I just had to keep on going. And then the set, I can I, I self named myself Sizzle, and I used to it used to be a joke. Like I like when I land on the pan, I pop. That's how I started like saying it. Like man, my name Sizzle. I land on the pan, I pop, which means like when I get on the court, man, I'm gonna show y'all what I do. And then it just kind of stuck. Like my friends start calling me that. And then when I go to certain teams, they'll be already saying. It. I'm like, damn, I guess that is my nickname at this point. But I start calling myself that honestly. <laughs> yeah. 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 He lives up to it every time he, he steps on the court. So, yeah. so let's take it back now. So now your freshman year in Indiana. Um, you guys had a great season. You had a good season. Coach Sampson did five minutes for you. You played mm-hmm. almost close to about 30 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. Um then unfortunately everything goes down. And okay, now it's like, damn, the guy who recruited me. Um, it's no longer going to be the coach. Uh, Eric Gordon's going to NBA. They're bringing in new coaching staff. Yeah. How how did that trans? Like how did the the Xavier come back into play? How did this happen? Xavier, yeah, Xavier was on me. Only reason why I didn't go to Xavier because they had Drew Lavender and Stanley Burrell, and coach has said it like you're not going to start this year. But he, I probably still would have played like close to thirty minutes, honestly. But the IU, you know, being in the Big West, I mean, Big Big Ten, that kind of, like, man, it felt more home, honestly. So when that time came, they were still, it was no, even thinking about no other school. It was like, man, if they still take me, I'm going there. And Sean Miller is one of the realest coaches to exist, too, because even in my sit-out year, when I used to play against the first team and things like that, he used to be like, man, George is going for 40 on y'all. Like, you could tell he was a coach that if I get on this court, he going to let me do my thing. So, Xavier was just – Xavier was a, as a real basketball school, which you wouldn't know unless you start paying attention to it. And, you know, once once that came about, I mean, Tom Crean, I came to IU, and he wrote in front of my mom and dad and me, he put 40 schools down that I couldn't go to. I mean, 40 colleges, and it was like, Schools that we was going to play for the next three years that I'd be at IU. He put all those schools down. So, like, all the tournaments we're going to go to my junior, senior year, I couldn't go there. He didn't put Xavier down. I was good. Like, all right, bet. <laughs> we, I'm going there. So, that's how that happened. Yeah, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. And then and then for all, the, for all the young kids, you touched on it earlier, um, who might not know or remember – so you sit out that next that next year. So that's gonna be your sophomore year. After you had a good freshman season, then yeah. then you go to LeBron James Skills Academy, right? So this yeah. is when obviously you dunk on Bron and you know everything goes crazy. Yeah. And now it's like, who is this? Boom, boom, boom. So talk about that that transfer year before the whole dunk and everything. You said you was putting 40 on the board in practice. Like, do you think that year really helped you? get ready for what you had coming next? Because the next season, I want to say you averaged, what, 20 points? Yeah. Yeah. It 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 taught me patience more than anything. If I can get through this sit-out year, not lose focus. Because, you know, when you sit-out and you're in college, 
you can get off into a lot of things. So as long as I, I got past that sit-out year with, you know, you can get in trouble, your team go on the road, you staying at home. That was the tough part, staying out of trouble. And once I got past that, and then the Brian thing happened. The Brian thing, when the Brian thing happened, going into that year I'm playing was the first time it was expectations and eyes on me. So that did feel a little different. And I came off the gates kind of pressing because, you know, I wanted to prove that I was not just a dunk. You know what I'm saying? So it was the first time it wasn't just like I show in the gym, nobody know who I am. And I pop up, now everybody know. It was pressure on me. So that was adjustment too. So going through that year, going through that sit-out year was big, but even the year playing, the transition from the beginning of the season, middle of the season to the end of the season, I grew probably more than I, you know, I ever grew as a player for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got you and like when you went to Xavier, you guys exceeded expectations. Didn't you guys go to the sweet 16? You guys made a yeah. deep run in the tournament and you play well. It, it just kind of funny, like how like in this era, we see a lot more players play off the dribble. Back then, we didn't see players kind of like you in a sense like that played off the dribble and was more free with their game, you know, sidesteps, doing different things, making tough shots. What made you go into that, you know, in, into college and bring that element to the game? Was well, it, it was it was all it was always the way I played, but mm-hmm. it was a lot of you remember back then it used to be, you know, announcers used to be like bad shot. Exactly. You know like you take a yeah. sidestep and you miss it, they like, yo, he might need to get out the game, bro. That's a terrible yeah. shot. And that's the biggest thing that changed now. Like now you could be a ninth man off the bench, shoot a sidestep, and a coach just like, get back on D. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> back then you was getting crucified. You know Thanks. what I'm saying? So it was a level of confidence. You know, I had my big brother that I used to be on the phone with that used to give me a lot of because I remember I had a bad, I had a bad preseason tournament in Orlando where I played against Baylor, Marquette. And another team, Creighton, and I ain't, I had like one good game out of three, and I remember him calling me and was like, "You just you, all you doing is playing against the guy in front of you. Like he can't check you. Just play against him." But I'm thinking about the TV. I'm thinking about I got to kill. And once I closed my mind on just playing basketball again, all those other it became basketball. So you know it became normal to shoot step backs, and you know I, I faded all that stuff out the way. But yeah, like that was always my game. It's just about if you're gonna do it, you gotta make them shots. And that was always my mindset. Like you got you you gotta perform. So uh, you know, I never worried about how I played. It was just I can't play bad type yeah. thing. Yeah. And shout out to Two Holloway and Mark Lyons too. Yeah. The dogs with you there. Yeah. They still playing. So that tells yeah. you. <laughs> But like, but but that's another thing you were talking about. How you say you can't play bad and the shots that you take. Like, since I've been in I don't know, middle school, freshman year, high school, seeing you play to this day, like you you've been taking them shots your whole life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, but and you ain't just taking them; you making them. You know, I was telling Jordan earlier, like crazy. I'll never forget when we was in the D League together. <laughs> they had they had you come off the bench and forty. Mm-hmm. And we was in Toronto at 11 a.m. Jay, he didn't stretch nothing. He was chilling in the <laughs> locker room, nine threes. Like, I argue with Jordan all the time. Like, I ain't never seen someone just be able to 
walk into the gym and get a bucket like that? Like how it's not even like a, is, is it a confidence thing or is it just like, yeah. like how, how, like how do you, how do you score with such ease and you make it look effortlessly? It's a confidence thing, but it's also you, once you get older, you got to be strategic about it too. You know what I'm saying? Like it ain't just no, and that's where I think the misunderstanding is with like how the NBA viewed me, you know, it's a real, you got to be real strategic. How you, if you coming off the bench, you only playing 18, 20 minutes and you will score like that. And that's the thing. I, like I talk about Jamal Crawford, Lou Williams, like they, they come off the bench, but they playing 30 something minutes. That's really like starting. You get time. You get your, you get opportunity to get warmed up when you playing 30 minutes. You know what I'm saying? If you playing 18, 22, you got to be, you know, you ain't getting that much time. So you got to be real strategic how you're going to do it and walk in right away. If you're getting a wide open shot, even if you don't feel it, you got to shoot it. You know, it's certain things that you you got to do to set yourself up for the future. So, like, if you shoot the wide open shot now, you know your defender going to – if you get another one, he going to jump at the pump fake. So now you probably get the pump fake, one dribble, pull up. You know what I'm saying? You got to be thinking in the future when you plan. And that's the only way you got to, you know, you got to be confident at all times, even when you cold. So it's a confident thing, but it's 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 more strategic when it gets to, like, pro level as as coming off the bench and just scoring, you know? Yeah, so there's I, some thought to it. I got to ask you, since he, he brought up he brought up NBA, we got to go to, to pre-draft. God, I need some some pre-draft stories from you. Who's some some workouts that you you uh that you have with teams? Who's some players that you went up against? I would have loved to see you playing them three on threes and them ones. Already yeah, know you was going yeah. off in those. Yeah, yeah. I was going. I mean, I met Lance like eight times. I met, I met Elliot Williams a few times. Manny was, you know, I had to go against my guy Manny a few times. And there was another two guard I went against, Tariko Wright, and then uh, Dominique, Dominique Jane Jones. Yeah. Went up against him a whole lot. And I mean, it was, you know, it was battles. Like, it was a couple of times I ain't go, I went a whole day without missing. Like, you know what I'm saying? All like some step backs. And I remember me and Tariqa Wright, we had a one on one workout for the Blazers. And I was living in LA and they came to LA to work us out. So we played one on one, like, we played probably like 15 games of one on one to 10, though. Like, 15 games to 10. And I won like 14 of them, you know what I'm saying? But it was like the fact that they had us brawling like that 15 games to 10 and then didn't pick either one of us. Like, y'all crazy. You know right, that was the most memorable one because we was really – we played so many games in one-on-one. And then I remember we was going at it. And then uh, what's the coach of the Hawks right now? Dave McMillan. What? Maybe McMillan, he stopped us like we wasn't going hard. It was like, you from Detroit, you from Memphis. Y'all act like this, like y'all ain't going hard enough. I'm like, man, you see what we doing? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then we played like seven more games. I was like, oh, this is crazy, man. So that was like my most memorable one. Just, But I worked out like 18 times. Did good in every one, but you, you know, it. that's like, that was really like war. Like you were showing up. Didn't know who you was playing against until you sh- at the gym. 
So that was that was crazy times for sure. Do you feel like workouts are meant for you to fail? Like like kind of like show, you know, basically your weaknesses, I feel like. Cuz me and Ray always talk about that. Yeah, it's yeah, cuz it's better for the people that don't show up. Like if you don't show up and they got questions like, "Damn, is he good? Is he not?" like that give you a better chance of getting picked than when they seen you clear as day 20 times, they like it actually dropped your level. Like you being hurt now was better than playing. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. That is like crazy. when you sitting out for a month, they like, man, we can't wait for them to come back. Instead of you playing every day, suiting up. It's crazy the way they view basketball, but it, yeah, it's wild. Go ahead, Ray. Man, we we had this this debate last week about do rankings matter? I think I think this episode solidifies that rankings really don't matter in the sense of you're somebody who was not even really on the board coming out of high school who goes to the Big Ten in Indiana, has a good season, and then shocks the whole world by going to Xavier, your player of the year. And if I'm not mistaken, what, 27th first-round pick? Into the yeah. NBA, what, two, two years later? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So just, just kind of for, like, some of the – not even the kids listening, just people out there like your path was something that you, I don't even know, like as sophomore, junior in high school, you probably didn't even, I mean, obviously everyone wants to make it to the NBA, but maybe yeah. that might not even been something you weren't even thinking about. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. You know, you've seen your brother Joe, like top five, you know, he, he's got all that, like he's supposed to be one. And then now you, you know, you kind of overshadow you. That, that's you. Yeah. Like, was this something that you like, Oh, I want to go to the league. I want to this and this, or it just kind of happened. Yeah, it, I mean, you always. I was always thinking I want to go to the league for sure, but you had your doubts, and but then you know, I start. You gotta start living in the moment, just like man, I want to play basketball. Like even right now at this age, like it's a I want to play basketball more than anything else. Like or like where you get to a point where like, I just want to showcase my ability, man. I want to. That's how I show my personality on the court. I get to show everything, a smile, my creativity, everything. So it's like just you live in that moment, just be like, man, I want to play. you, And then you let things happen from there. You know, everybody trying to control the routes of their kids and they sell so much now that you can, you're doing a, you, you, you're doing a disservice to the child, to the game. Because, like, that's why I feel like, I feel like the fans have got a disservice over here in the States of watching talented players play. Like, there's so many players overseas that should be playing in the States, no matter what league, but they should be taken care of in the States to be allowed to just showcase how gifted they are. And that's my main thing. Just me and I always, even when I was young, I just wanted to show people how I played. And that was it. Mm. That is a big that's 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 big time what you said because I, I feel like parents are in this in this you know time they're kind of like making their kids route instead of you know there's there's gonna be a time where you're gonna have to meet meet that player that you kind of ducking from you know mm-hmm. I think people are just really concerned about getting to the league so early that kids don't even just hoop and play like that's yeah. the best way you can get better is by you playing but a lot mm-hmm. of people just think the workouts and that's it. And then they they hide from other different situations, like that's what makes you as a player going through different situations. And I I think 
that's why it's cool to hear your story and see how you how you got it compared to someone else. Because yeah. I never would have known that you you did what you did to to get to the spot that you were at. To be honest with you, yeah, for sure. I that's and that's why you know I was excited to get on here because I mean, as good as talented as you can be, I mean everybody talented. The thing that's gonna separate you is like that. The, your mental toughness and the adversity, how you treat it. You know, I remember when I was at Xavier and I was playing in that the year after dunking on Brian and now we 13 games into the season and we had a, like a meeting right before practice, brought us in the middle of the court. And my coach said in front of the whole team, he said, we could be eight and five without you, Craw. We was eight and five. He was like, we could be eight and five without you. And it was like, damn, he just said it in front of everybody. But I took it as like, they could be eight and five without me. Like they could easily won them eight games and lost them five, whether I was playing or not. And then from there, I took it as a challenge and was like, I gotta play better. You know what I'm saying? And that made me better than just any going to the court and just working on my game. Like you're gonna have to go through a situation before in the middle of the game, go through a situation and fail, and then be like, all right, I'm gonna make sure that ain't gonna happen no more. And that's the only way you're going to get better for real because basketball is all pressure. You can, yeah, everybody cold when you're just playing for fun. When it's expectation and that pressure on you and you got to do it now, it's like who who can do it? And that's what basketball is about, man. Right, what for you got? Sure. And see what he just said, uh, who can do it? Um, you, you can do it. We've all seen you do it um, in multiple times. One thing that was – Real impressive for me to see uh, one year Jay and I got to spend, we was in the D league together. We was in Grand Rapids and, um, sure. and you know, one, one thing that there's a lot of politics in basketball, right? So, uh, you know, that season I had got waived by the Pistons. Um, so I was like one of their affiliate guys. So like I knew off rip, like I was going to get a lot of minutes. Right. And the craziest thing ever was, like Jay, it was crazy, right? Like they had Jordan come mm-hmm. off the bench and yeah. you know, they were messing with him and stuff sometimes. I'm like, bro, what is going on? You know? But he would yeah. come in and get 25, 30. And and what he said in like 18 minutes, like, you know what I'm saying? Like that's hard to do. So for me seeing that, like I only really seen I only really only play with another player who I could see just come in and get a bucket like that. And that was Isaiah Thomas. And and D-League, whatever you want to say, like, J.C. was coming in, like, 20 and, and 18 minutes. Like I said, he had he had 41 game. You might not even play. I don't even think he played 30 minutes a game. He had 40. Mm-hmm. The, coach, the coach told him, ask him if he wants to stay in. He said, no, nah, go ahead and take me out. He could have got 50 if he wanted to. You know what I'm saying? But, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. J.C. is one of the few. Like, there's not a lot of guys that, like, I would say strike fear in people, especially someone who's, like, not even currently in the league right now. But, like, every time – I've played against JC or been on his team. Like I've had teammates or I've seen guys on other teams like fear that, you know what I mean? So just with like the league stuff, Jay, like, because we know you can get off the couch today and go have 20 tomorrow. We've seen you do it when you got called up by the Pelicans, whatever. Uh, Like, what do you, what do you think? It's just kind of like a, a little bit of luck timing opportunity, like just over your journey, like your career, like how, what do you, what do you think it is when some guys stick and then some guys, they kind of get the loose end of it's a, it's it's a lot of different things and it, it also depends on the person you know what i'm saying like 
I'm it's that's a it's good you asked me that because I mean even my time with the Pelicans, I don't wanna get too specific or drop names, things like that. But like I see I really seen like like when you talented, sometimes you can be too talented for the position you in. You know what I'm saying? Like if I'm a 14th, 15th man and it's a dude on the team making 40, 50 million and I'm making 1.2. But the way I play makes the starting two, three guard kind of be like, damn, he can do more than me. That is messing up the camaraderie of a team. Cause now I'm paying somebody 60 million who's intimidated by somebody making one point million. So what you think they gotta do? We gotta get this one point million off the team so this but so he can play better. You know what I'm saying? And that's it, it you can become and that's what I mean by too good for your the position you're in. Cause it's a pecking order in the NBA. Like you can feel it without nobody saying it. When you're on the NBA teams, right? You can feel it like, oh, I'm under him. I'm under him. For sure, for sure. Yeah, like I'm less yeah. important than him. Like you can yeah. feel it. So if you start messing that up, we gotta fix that. Yeah. And that's that happens a lot. And that's why some you be wondering, like, why some guys stick in the league because they don't really mess nothing up. They can they can hide like they not yeah. you know what I'm saying they not messing the good players up the bad players up they just there yeah. and that's and that's comfortability and that's what the NBA is about it's about comfortable because hey you know at the end of the day everybody worry about themselves they job they position and that's how that you know and that's how things happen you can't take it personal you got to understand it and you know move accordingly you ready it's time to make some money I go make some money. If, if you want to just play in the States because your family in the States, go do that. You can't worry about what nobody think. You got to do, you know, and that's the thing I found out. Like the first time I went to China, I really went. I left. It was my first time being a free agent. I left early and went to China just because I felt disrespected. And I went to go make money. But then I noticed, like, I ended up, something ended up happening with my eyes and I was stressed out overseas. And I realized, like, I went and did that. And that wasn't even what I felt in my heart. It was just off money and trying to get my respect. And I was like, oh, and that, and I learned something there. It was like, man, I got to do, when I'm ready to do something, my mind telling me, my heart telling me I'm ready to do something, go do it. But don't go do it just because you feeling disrespected or, you know, move off emotions. You got to really do what you want to do when you want to do it. And that's, and that makes you a better player because then you less worried about the, the things that don't really matter. Like, I shouldn't be worried about how many minutes I'm getting. Like, that's small talk. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it makes you a better player once you put everything in order and understand, like, it's more than just basketball. Like, this life. You know what I'm saying? You worried about some little minutes or how somebody treating you, where, man, people going through way worse than that. So, and it makes you a better player on the court. And I learned that. For sure. Yeah, see, it. And all the real hoopers know, man. They everybody knows your bucket. Everybody knows what you can bring to a team. And I mean, what's what also is crazy about your journey? You've done it on every level that you played in. Like you've had a, a forty-one game in the league. China, would you have 70, 80? You know what I'm saying? Setting records mm-hmm. over there. Europe, thirty balls. Like people don't realize. Like and and you can you can vouch on this too. There's some guys that are in the league that cannot go over to China and get you thirty. You know what I'm saying? There's some guys that are in the league that cannot go over to Europe and get you 
15. Like Europe is tough. You know what I mean? Europe like, is talk tough. About that. Like, it, it's yeah, different, yeah. bro. Like hey, Europe is tough. I can't lie to you. Tough. Especially from an NBA player. Like you, you have NBA, you've been in the league, and then you make the jump to Europe. It's like yeah. it's kind of talk about all the transitions you've had you've had outside the NBA. Like, I mean, just last, you know, I've been I've never been to a team two years in a row. So I didn't jump for I just what I'm 13 year pro. I don't know how long many years it is. But I've never been somewhere twice. So I'm going to Europe really for my first time last year, like from the start of a season. So I had to really prove my like you go, I go over to Russia play for locomotive. I gotta prove myself. Now I don't care about all that. It's like you're a rookie all over again. Base, yeah. Right. yeah. I'm a rookie. And they don't care about what you did in the league or your numbers or your name. Can you play? Like, that's kind of how they, like, go about it. Yeah. So, like, I'm making sure I prove my point right away. Like, no, y'all can't check me. Y'all can't score on me either. Like, you know, in practice, I'm on that. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm going at some of the Russian players that think they I could tell, like, they just trying me. I don't know. Y'all weak. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I was on. But, like, yeah. playing in the seasoning, man, you can't. It ain't no, the lane closed up. The players checking you don't care about you. They checking you hard. They strong, solid. They bumping the shit out you. Like you gotta know, you gotta be able to play. Like you gotta know how to play. Gotta be efficient. And then what? One thing that I like got better at throughout the season in Europe. Like I used to when I started, it was like a great game or like a six for fourteen game. And I didn't like them games because I started pressing like because I wanted to end up playing good. But there's some games you got to go six for nine. You can't – you don't need to shoot them extra four, five shots because yeah. that's just like the way they play, the way they sub, how slow the game is sometimes. You got to just pass up them shots to make the team win. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's like – that take a lot of composure. You know what I'm saying? That's what I learned. Like, it's – man, Europe tough. There's a lot of players in the league. They go – I'm talking about star players. You go over there. You gonna struggle for sure. Now that's something that's gonna, you know, like it's it's like ten players in the league that's elite. They should be in the league getting all the money. After like 10, 11 of them, man, that shit ain't no different from the G League for real. Yeah. Like you know what yeah. I'm saying? It ain't no different. But it's like ten players. No matter where you put them, they gonna be who they are for sure. Yeah. Do you feel sure. like the defense is a lot tougher? Because me and Ray talk about that. You feel like it's easier to score because Lucas said this before and it rubbed people the wrong way. He said it was easier to score in the NBA than it is in Europe. And I understood what he meant because, one, pick and roll coverage in Europe, hard hedging, they're hard hedging. You're not coming off. Yeah. The, if you're not, you get taken out the game. That's yeah. number one. <laughs> right? And that lane yeah. is packed. Like, when yeah. you go into the paint, like, there's no way there's no, it's not going to be packed in the paint. Like that's yeah. one. So do you feel? So when you hear that, you know, when you hear a guy like Lucas say that, what are your thoughts? Since you, I think it, I, I think it is true. The thing that used to make the league harder was like the was like the it was just the thing it used to make the league hard. Like you used to not get in. So when you got in, it just felt weird. Like now everybody kind of played like in the NBA. So it ain't that that like that uncomfortability and like you being cold and just out your rhythm. That's no longer a part of the NBA as what you used to be, and that used to make the league hard. 
But no, nah, that's a hundred percent true that it's harder to score in Europe than the NBA for sure. Because it's you know, it's just a tougher game. The game is different. Yeah. And I used to didn't want to believe that until I got over. You know, I used to be naive on that. Like, man, I go kill in Europe. Well, I ain't trying to hear none of that. <laughs> but you, you better be humble for sure going over there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I got some rapid fire questions. Ray, you got anything else that man, you want to ask? That was a lot, man. I appreciate that, Jay. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. So, so we got some rapid fire questions for you. All right. So first question is, right, who were your NBA vets? And what NBA vet did you learn from the most? My NBA vets was Joe Johnson. I had Joe Johnson, Jamal Crawford, Mike Bibby, Marvin Williams, Josh Smith. I had like some real vets that was solidified. And I learned from Joe. I mean, he's showing it today. Just like I remember Joe. Joe, when I got there, Joe made, he got that contract for $126 million. And everybody was saying, you know, he was overrated, this, that, and forth. I remember Joe said to me, leaned over and was like, man, they can kiss my rich black ass. Like, and that, and that showed me what he was really saying was like, man, I don't care about them expectations, what they saying about me. I'm going to keep doing me. Like, you know what I'm saying? And that's, and it's like not being hard headed. You got to take in what coaches say and all this say, but you also got to know what to ignore too. And that's what I learned from Joe. Like, boom, I'm here with it. You know, so yeah. And and who 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 was the NBA player that you you know that you're around that worked the hardest? But you were like, yo, uh, like. I learned I learned a lot from, I learned a lot from Steph and Clay in terms of like, getting back in that gym and shooting extra shots. Because I used to be like mad at when I was with the Wizards. The one thing I didn't do was after practice or days off, go shoot extra shots because I used to be irritated, like how they treat me or some stuff. But when I got back with the Warriors and I used to see like Steph and Clay get 30 some game and then be so excited to shoot some practice shots. I'm like, all right, I need to get in this gym for sure. <laughs> how many shots would they take, bro, after practice or like, is it, or like after games? You see, man, it definitely was like 10 or you know, it was like 53s for sure, just on some like 10 spots, five, you know, I mean, five spots, 10 threes. Like they just used to make sure they, they jump it was always on. Yeah. For sure. Okay. And then um, also, like, what name a college player that you like right now? Cause I see you, you, you tweet a lot. You talk about, mm -hmm. you know, different guys that you like. Well, who's the college player right now that you like? He got, like, he got game and that you like, like, I like I like Ivy from Purdue for sure. I like yeah. Ivy from Purdue. He he a sneaky one. I don't think he showed it all yet, but you can see it for yeah. sure. Yep. Yeah. And, and then who's a player that, that right now that you watch? Because I, I value your opinion on bucket getters. Who's a player that you like? You watch now and you like, yo, he's like that in the league. Demar Derozan. Yo, um, you're you're doing one now. Oh, you say? I got Demar Derozan. For sure. <laughs> why and why do you say that? Just the way he going about getting his. Like it just looked real old school. Even when I went to I remember three years ago, four years ago, I went to a Drew League game to watch. And he like one of the most skilled basketball players you're gonna see. Like and like he really showing this year, you know, he had this little, you know, people used to criticize him because he couldn't win in Toronto. But you can just see how people game evolved. Like when yo 
as you get older, if your game get better, that just shows you, like, nah, you really cold. And I think DeMar is showing that. And then what was your what was your welcome to the NBA moment? Uh, It was a little move T-Mac did on me. He was with the Pistons. This one, he was kind of done, too. But he did, like, a little pump fake reverse pivot shot off the glass and called it, like, before it hit the glass. I'm like, ooh. Like, that's some skills right there. <laughs> so yeah, it was that move. Ray, do you got you got any, bro? I don't want to say I only got two more. Go ahead. But you do you nah, got a man. question? Nah, nah, those are those are all great questions. They're all hidden gems for us. What is your thought? And see, it, it, and this is going because Swish, we highlight a lot of guys. We want we want to highlight each person. But what is your thought on high school players getting a tape? Because I feel like growing up, me and Ray always talk about this. Players. Like the player that had a, a tape back in the day, you knew he was like that. Right? Yeah. Like now, you can't really who, who tell. Who tape ball his life? You you had to be legit to get that. Yeah, you know, exactly. now all these kids get the tapes. It's crazy. Yeah, and that's that's what's killing it because you'll be thinking they cold, then you go watch them play. You be like, man, he just missed shots all day. <laughs> they don't be making nothing. Yeah, but yeah, I I watch you. Who I'm, who I'm interested in right now is uh, I forgot his name, but he play on G League night. But I think he's from Atlanta right now. Oh, we know he, who you're talking about. You talking about Scoop? Oh, oh, he my favorite player, bro. I seen the way he play. I'm like, nah, he can be the coldest. I like him. And then, and then, last question is is on age. You see a lot of kids starting to be holdbacks and. What you know, you being in the NBA, what's some you know advice that you could give players on age? Because in, to me, I feel like the younger you are, the better, especially when it comes uh -huh. to this NBA, right? Yeah. So, do you feel like kids are starting to put too much pressure on being a holdback? And then also, what is some advice you give someone you know that is in the AAU scene and how they can be seen? Yeah, I think right. I think like. As we speak right now, I think it's kind of turning a little bit as far as, like, they kind of going away from, like, younger is a good thing. I think now the NBA is legit looking for people that can play. Like, and I think they're using this protocol stuff as an excuse for, like, man, we got to get some players back in this league. You know what I'm saying? Like, they could just play. So I, I, I don't think they need to be worried about age no more. I just think, like you said earlier, man, they need to they need to hoop as much as possible. Hoop, 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 because then you you know you when you when you can get when you can do things off instinct, like and that's what hooping do, like it make it where instincts become like almost you planning it. So if you can get your game there, man, you you're gonna be better than a lot of people that you're going up against, because everybody just drilling and. You know what I'm saying? Like, even they don't even know how to train. Like, when you train, you're supposed to be training with the thought, like, man, I get these shots in game. Like, I be doing this a lot. I got to work on this. You don't just be like, I'm just about to work on all these moves. Right. That and you, you don't even use. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're supposed to work on the shit that you do all the time. I don't care if it's one same move. If you do that all the time, get it five, six times, work on it. And last question, there was five, there's been 541 NBA players. This was a few days ago that have, have played in the NBA this year. What is your thoughts on 
players getting the opportunity because of COVID. How do you feel about that? I mean, you know, I I don't knock I don't knock none of it. I think, you know, as long as they're getting a fair opportunity, they take advantage of it. I mean, that's 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 what it's for, for real. I, you know, I want I just want I just want teams to be wanting to win again more and understanding like that's what make it fun. Like you trying to they be trying to hide all the like faults of players thinking it's gonna hurt the game when really it's gonna make the kids better. Like you could tell tell Russ he he probably turning over too much because then that's gonna make the young kid be like, Man, I'm gonna be just like Russ, but not turn it over. You know what I'm saying? Like I feel like they just need to lock in on just better basketball. As long as them players coming off them 10 days and they playing, give them another chance. For real. Yeah. Right? Just sign us out, buddy. That was that was real good, Jay. We we appreciate that, man. You have a crazy, crazy journey that you still on to this day, man. So we we wish you nothing but success. Stay healthy, man. And we appreciate you coming on here and dropping all that knowledge for us. Man, I appreciate it. The first time I seen you, Ray, remember you was playing on that uh that tour with us at IU? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Yeah. You was I like was 10th in, grade? Yeah, yeah. yeah I was, was out there dunking. playing. We was out there hooping, too. Yeah, he was yeah. playing with all the college dudes coming down dunking. We like, no, Ray about to be too cold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, that was, that was, I don't know. I was wanted, I wanted to talk about that. I'm like, man, Ray was. First time I see him, he was younger than all of us, and he was still in the show sometimes. Had to. For sure. Get out there, getting my buckets, do my thing. Yeah, they don't. Yeah. They don't do that no more, man. That was a like the. It was like a like a tour we went on. We yeah. Went playing all, all the little cities in Indiana. Yeah, man. brainstorming tour, and Ray was coming on playing, still in the show. I'm going back because you know I was. I'm like, man, Eric Gordon ain't the only freshman. I'm trying to show that. And then I'm reading the articles. They like, man, we waiting for Ray. <laughs> this nigga took over the show. <laughs> That's crazy, bro. That's crazy. That was that was, that was a long time ago. Yeah, man. I was I appreciate you, man. That G League year, man. We got to kick and hang out. Yeah. Everybody, you know, had a successful season, man. That was that was good times, man. I, you know, I actually had told before I went into that season, I had told uh the team like I I want to come off the bench because I wanted to show the league. Like, yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. going in the G League to just go average 40. I want to show y'all what I'll bring to an NBA team. Yeah. So that was why I, you know, came off the bench. I even asked for a, a C contract on the G League so I can get my own apartment. I'm like, man, look, y'all got to get my own apartment. So, look, let me get a C, a C contract. I don't even want an A contract. Yeah. Wait, hold on. What, what made you yeah, do that, that though? Yeah, because yeah, the A – the, wait, hold on. Because people don't know the C, B, and A in the D League is a lot different yeah. than it is now. So for yeah. you to say that was really it was like yeah, it was like eight thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I did it because you know I went to China. I had made my money, but I you know what I'm saying so I was comfortable with the money. I was going to hoop, but I needed my own apartment. Like I can't go on the road sharing rooms and all that. Like so, y'all got to understand. What I'm sacrificing, y'all got to give me this on the other end. Just yeah. you know, it's all for mental. Long as, yeah. you know, long as my mental good, man, I'm gonna perform the way I need to perform. See, but but how did you do that with the D with the dealy? Like coming off the bench, like that's a bold move. I don't even think I've yeah. ever even heard someone say that. I'm willing to come off the yeah. bench. I get what you do, but what made you really do that? I mean, I was I was 
I had went to China. Like I had, I had got the year before I had got cut from the Bulls, which I knew I was gonna get cut. But I was once I got cut, I was like, I'm going to China to show everybody how nice I was. I was not going to pass. I went average 43 points in China. Like, you know what I'm saying? For 26 games, I and on 15 for 30 shooting. Like, I did some amazing shit. So when I left that, I was like, I want to show the states how good I am. But I knew like I had to give give a little to me to be able to show myself. So and I wanted to get caught up, all those things. So I was just look thinking of the best strategic plan for a team to recognize like what I'm doing. And they really still didn't recognize it. Like, I don't even, that's another story, but I was like, man, look, I'm gonna come off the bench. As long as I get some minutes, man, I was comfortable. Cause I had came off the bench before in the NBA. So I was like, I just want to show y'all how good I am. And that was my train of thought. Like, man, I just want to show the States how good I am. Man, two, I, I, are we going to extend it? Two, two more questions I got for you, bro. <laughs> That's how it is. So, so, like, the first one is the China thing. So, you yeah. said 43. Like, please, this has got to be one clip itself. Please let everybody out there know that when they see guys' clips in China, they're like, oh, it's it's easy. You're not playing, though. But you really have to work. You It's not yeah, like you just for walk sure. out there. You getting denied full court for sure. It, you have to work, and 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 Ooh. like when I see you, Marshawn, like y'all have it figured out, and y'all y'all make it look easy, but it's not easy. Yeah, nah, it's it's real. China is hard because you got they got a defender just for you, and he gonna check you all game hard. He don't care how many times you get crossed. How many times he gets scored on, he's going to come back the next play and play that same way. The The thing that I wish I would have did more is, like, play the absolute right way because I also want to show people, like, I ain't just no score. Like, I can really pass the ball, set up people. But, you know, the way my mind set up, it'd be things I want to do, want to accomplish for myself. So, you know, but, like, Marshawn had did a great job of just showing you how good of a basketball player he is going there, playing the right way while still being a elite scorer. You know what I'm saying? But China is definitely – it's a place where it's like you playing in high school, but you're a pro now, so you get to really see, like, you know, like how Steph Curry, KD, they get to play. You get to do that in China, and you yeah. just really get to see how good of a player you is. So that's the – you know, China is the best place to really get better, too. Like, exactly. it's a dope-ass – you get better. See, people, yeah. that's the one thing I think a lot of people discredit. Like, you've yeah. always been an elite scorer, but when you get to do it there under the pressure, like, if you don't help us win, if you don't score, we're going to send you home. Yeah. And then, like, you have to make these shots. Like, you go, yeah. everything you get to work on in the summertime, you get to use in the actual game. You have to yeah. make shots, right? Yeah. Unless you play there, I don't think people understand. And then the second question is just – Kind of like how you're talking about your mindset when you went to the to the D League, coming off the bench. Like for some of the kids that are in the G League right now, like just what advice can you give them in terms of you're an established vet who had years mm. in the league, who goes overseas and comes back and sacrifices a lot mm. to thug it out to to get that call up. Like just kind of like give them some advice, maybe. Man, it's about just making the trying to make the right play as many times as you can. Cause like I was on the team with you, Murphy, Lorenzo Brown at a point. That's yeah. four people that can 
be the star of a team and take over. So it's like try to make the right play every time. That's the only thing that's going to show you. Like, that's the only thing that's going to separate you. Because, I mean, if you see it now with so many possessions in the NBA game, in the G League game, that's five people on each team can have 20. And the score going to be 130, 120. Like, so how are you going to separate yourself? You got to show, like, I know what's going on. I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know this time I need to drive. And even though I could probably lay this up, kick it for this easy three, because I'm also getting players going. You know what I'm saying? That's what I yeah. think lack right now is like people don't like point guard. They don't do just a simple kick up to a two guard who could like, if you kick it up to him, he can do what you're going to do. He can attack that one-on-one man. You might not get the assist, but you set him up. Like, that's what's lacking in basketball right now. Just like a point guard understanding this two guard just as nice as me, and he can do what I do sometimes, and we can interchange. Like, you're supposed to go down there and just show I'm good from first quarter to fourth quarter when I'm not tired, when I'm tired, and try to make the right play every single time. That's the goal. Man, JC, I'm about to go to the G League. Nah, you know I'm about to go back to the G League. Hey, I was I was going to ask. You about to get a tape too, because we already know what type of time you about to be on. And yes, sir, yeah, for sure, for sure. I make that happen, bro. As 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 we close, I'm gonna be real with you, bro. Like when we first started Swish, because people don't know that I was playing overseas while I was doing Swish, and Uh there's games, bro, like. I will look on like, you know, Eurobasket. I'll see you have a big game. I'm rushing to the computer to chop up the tape because I know what time it is. <laughs> you know, like, bro, I'm appreciative for what you've done with the game, bro. And then, you know, you just playing in the Drew League. Honestly, bro, you you honestly one of those guys that we feel like the L.A. is really embraced because you go in the Drew League and you give the same type of buckets that you do in the pro and just to do that and not hide from people, like it takes a, a a real bucket getter to do something like that, bro. So just appreciate what you've done, man. You know, you you've touched a lot more people than than you probably have think or known. But I always used to look forward to seeing your highlights and what you do and see you play, bro, for real. Man, I appreciate that. And and what you doing? You taking this game to another level as far as this switch culture and everything. Like you you eliminating the people that don't need to be a part of it, for real. You know what I'm saying? And that's needed because people got to know what basketball, like what is, you know, what basketball is and what is, why is it so important to us? You know, because it's really, it's a metaphor for life, man. It, but the fun way. So, you know, I appreciate what Switch Culture doing, Ray. Appreciate what you're doing by being able to dabble in other things while still hooping. You know, that's important. And go ahead, take it to the next level, man. Yes, sir, man. We're gonna be looking for you, bro. Appreciate you. Get that, uh, get that call up, man. Get back where you belong, bro. Man, for sure. I'm gonna do it. Sir. Sir. Man, appreciate it. Y'all be safe. Are you too? Sir.